G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Always love a Tuesday, our opportunity to get an update on those breaking news headlines as they're coming out of Israel and the Middle East. Ron Ross has been on the job and scouring the headlines for another update today. Hello, Ron. Welcome back to 2020. Thanks, Neil. Ron, let's start with one of those headlines where an Israeli minister has warned Israel could kill Bashar al-Assad if he allows Iran to attack from Syria. What's the story there? Yes, an Israeli minister yesterday threatened that the Jewish state could assassinate Syrian President Bashar al-Assad if his regime doesn't prevent Iranian forces from launching attacks against Israel from his territory. The warning came amid reports that Tehran is planning a revenge missile strike against Israel. Officials in the Islamic Republic have vowed to respond to several alleged Israeli attacks in Syria that targeted Iranian facilities and killed at least seven members of the Iranian Revolutionary Guard Corps. Israeli defense officials warned on Sunday that Iran was planning to retaliate by having its proxies fire missiles at military targets in northern Israel. If Assad continues to let the Iranians operate from Syrian soil, he should know that he signed his own death warrant and that it will be his end. We will topple his regime. Yuval Steinitz, the Minister of National Infrastructure, Energy and Water Resources, uh, told the press. Assad cannot sit calmly in his palace and rehabilitate his regime while letting Syria be turned into a base for attacks against the state of Israel. It's very simple, said Steinitz, who's a member of Israel's security cabinet. Tehran vowed revenge after the T-4 army base in Syria was struck in an air raid on April 9, killing at least seven members of the Guard. The strike was widely attributed to Israel, though Jerusalem refused to comment. Late last month, the second strike, allegedly conducted by Israel against an Iranian-controlled base in northern Syria, was said to have killed more than two dozen Iranian soldiers. On Sunday, all of Israel's nightly news broadcasts reported that Israeli military and intelligence services had identified preliminary efforts by Iran in Syria to carry out reprisal attacks against Israel. The response from Israel has been very swift. And Ron, the Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has warned a number of countries, including Australia and India and the UK, about the issues to do with Iran. Yes, uh, he spoke against the Iran deal with Malcolm Turnbull, the Aussie Prime Minister, Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi and British Prime Minister Theresa May. Netanyahu's office said he discussed regional issues with world leaders and also updated them on the important material that he revealed regarding the Iranian nuclear archive. 
Army Radio reported that a number of teams were in Israel this weekend. To learn more information about the half-ton archive, Israel managed to move out of Tehran. The 100,000 pages of documents focus on Project Ahmad, which was Iran's nuclear program from 1999 to 2003. Netanyahu argued that Iran lied about their program when it entered the 2015 deal, describing its activities as scientific research for peaceful nuclear use. He argued that the deal was based on lies and should be scrapped, and we're going to hear more about that from President Donald Trump in the very near future. Ron, let's talk about some of the things said from high-level platforms, national leaders, a new anti-Israel rant, this time coming from the Palestinian Authority President Mahmoud Abbas. There's been harsh worldwide criticism, and subsequently, though, he's apologised, but many are suggesting that he certainly overstepped the mark. What's the story here? Well, his apology was published in both English and Arabic, and he said... If people were offended by my statement in front of the Palestinian core, especially people of the Jewish faith, I apologize to them. I would like to assure everyone that it was not my intention to do so and to reiterate my full respect for the Jewish faith as well as other monotheistic faiths. The Palestinian leader added, I would also like to reiterate our long-held condemnation of the Holocaust as the most heinous crime in history, and express our sympathy with its victims. Likewise, we condemn anti-Semitism in all its forms and confirm our commitment to the two-state solution. However, on Sunday at a meeting of the Palestinian National Council, Abbas attributed persecution of Jews, including the Holocaust, to the Jews' social behavior, such as money lending. He was roundly condemned for those comments, particularly in an editorial in the New York Times, who condemned his remarks as vile and called on Abbas to step down. Robert Satloff, the executive director of the Washington Institute for Near East Policy, dismissed his apology. He said, Ah, the old, if you were offended, I'm sorry, apology, non-apology. Sorry when your true colors show, it's not easy to hide them again. Abram Foxman, former director of the Anti-Defamation League, he tweeted, President Abbas' apology is too little too late. He has no credibility left as a leader or as a partner for peace. Israel's Defense Minister Avigdor Lieberman also dismissed the apology and called Abbas a wretched Holocaust denier. All right, once it's out there, it is out there, as you say. Let's uh, turn some attention to Egypt and some headlines from Egypt today where Coptic women and girls are disappearing week by week. In September last year, the World Watch Monitor talked to an ex-member of a network that targeted Coptic women. The man said the network began in the 70s but has reached its highest levels in the era of President el-Sisi. He described the process of abductions as weaving a spider's web around Coptic women in which police are sometimes involved and also receive a financial reward. At least seven Coptic Christian women and girls disappear in Egypt every month in what's becoming a very repetitive phenomenon. In each case, the family of the women say she was abducted by a Muslim who wished to convert her to Islam and marry her. 
of all the disappearances have been reported to the police. However, no action has taken place so far. And Ron, a story that comes from the curator at the Israel Museum and reflecting on the Dead Sea Scrolls, suggesting that they may be the most important discovery of the 20th century. How does this story unfold? Yeah, there's breathtaking new events here. In yet another exceptional encounter with antiquity, a new discovery was announced at an international conference entitled The Dead Sea Scrolls at 70, a clear path in the wilderness. With the aid of advanced multispectral imaging equipment at the Dead Sea Scrolls Conservation Labs, an Israel Antiquity Association researcher was thrilled to discover a hidden script that was uncovered in fragments of the Dead Sea Scrolls previously invisible to the naked eye. The new script was discovered by Oren Abelman, a scroll researcher at the Dead Sea Scrolls unit of the Israel Antiquities Authority. When he examined a few dozen fragments that were discovered in Cave 11 near Qumran, he was excited to discover traces of ink on many fragments that appeared blank to the naked eye. New fragments were identified from the books of Deuteronomy, Leviticus, Psalm 147 verse 1, as well as fragments belonging to the Temple Scroll. The modern history of the Dead Sea Scrolls date back to the 1950s, when archaeologists and Bedouin found tens of thousands parchments and papyrus fragments belonging to approximately 1,000 different manuscripts in the caves near Qumran. The scrolls, 2,000 years old, provided a comprehensive and scholarly dictionary of various Hebrew and Aramaic texts of Palestine from the period between biblical and rabbinic texts and included the earliest extra-biblical sources relating to Jerusalem. Of course, the Dead Sea Scrolls continue to affirm uh, the Bible. And Ron, an astounding discovery that is still yielding up its treasures. Thank you so much for uh, giving us your own treasures from the uh, scouring of those headlines overnight. Always appreciate these updates on a Tuesday. Uh, Ron Ross, uh, we'll do it all again next week. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.